Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, dum-dums? As sports keeps coming back, so does your chance to bet on them. With our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline AG, baseball's back in full swing, and there are no shortages of ways to get in the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props. You'll be a betting son of a bitch. Also tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. My goodness. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on all the costs of his bling. Brendan, I didn't know jewelry betting was missing from my life. Yeah. I now know. Now you know. Visit BetOnline AG today to check out all the odds. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Well, we got some tempers flaring over there. I see... I believe that was Coach Mullen, and now this is starting to get a little bit out of hand. This punch is being thrown. Yeah, that's getting beyond ugly. That's another one thrown. Zachary Carter in there for Florida. Oh, this, is, this is getting bad. Going to throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. He's lined up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazad. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazad Cast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. And joining us, as always, is the producer of the award-winning cuckolding film series of Dan Mullen and his wife, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? It's, it's, not, uh, it's not great. <laughs> and not with us tonight is Caleb Bungard, who is uh, being a good father and taking his kids out trick-or-treating. Being cuckolded, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. It is, uh, it's a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiger fans, it was an ugly one. We l- went down to Gainesville, and the Tigers lost 41-17. to Yep, it was uh, hard to watch. I think I watched this game, and I was we kind of we looked young and inexperienced in a lot of ways. And I think the last couple of weeks has given this team a lot of confidence. 
but it's a very brittle confidence. Like after they had a, they moved the ball a little bit in the first series, they got some stops, kept it to field goals, were moving the ball a little bit, and then a couple things go wrong and it just all fell apart. And I just think that these guys had a little confidence and they'd been, but they'd been playing a little over their skis and uh, they got punched in the mouth a couple of times and it shook them and they never really got that confidence back. Yeah, I, I think that the key point of this game was about four minutes left in the first half when we were leading at that point seven to six we had held florida to a couple of field goals we had uh, gotten the interception after a wonderful nick bolden play where i think it was jarvis ware caught the interception and ran it in for a touchdown held that lead well into the uh, second quarter and then everything fell apart i mean we let florida score a touchdown to take the lead and then we cough up a fumble immediately Mm -hmm. Uh, afterwards with just like a minute and a half left on the clock. And then immediately Kyle Trask burns us with a 30 yard pass to, to Tony. And uh, we're down 20 to seven at that point going into the half. And it never looked yeah, like Basil it was like, this is the first time I've seen a chink to me in the Bayslack armor. And he's, he seemed a little bit loose with the football. You know what I mean? Like he fumbled a couple times. He just, he's got to protect the football a little better, but he's a, he's a fucking redshirt freshman. So hopefully that's something that can improve. God damn. I'm cross my legs at this fucking table. It's like everything's a fucking cannon. <laughs> Anyways. It's always you. So. I, I just I would like him to protect the football a little more. He didn't really throw any interceptions, but he was under duress. The, the, that was who really I saw, or I felt like lost confidence and started to their play started to really reflect that. And that is the offensive line. The first couple series they were making holes, they were protecting, and then the rest of the game, Basilak was basically under attack. The the good runs that uh, Roundtree made were done because of Roundtree's effort and and uh, ability, not because he was getting pulled blasted open for him. Yeah, I felt like the actually the last two games have really been slogs, and I mean the the problem I feel like tonight is Kentucky was supposed to have a really good defense. We were supposed to slog it out with Kentucky. We were happy with twenty points mm-hmm. and possession time of the possession win against Kentucky. Florida doesn't have much defense. They're all about their offense, and we made their defense look damn good tonight. Well, they had they've that's true, and but this is most of the same ingredients that they had for their defense last year, and their defense was really fucking good last year. So, you know, it's not as if they couldn't improve on defense. Certainly, and they were missing two of the best players in their secondary, and I feel like we didn't really try to exploit the pass. Roundtree had. 36 carries, something like that. We were really run heavy. And I feel like maybe this is a team we try to throw on. And I don't know. No, I, just, I mean, you may be right. I it's just, easy to second guess these kind of things. But it was just, it was an ugly loss. And so I'm, I'm scrounging for, for answers. Well, despite the, I mean, their defense is certainly has room to improve is my point. And the fact that Mizzou has put four games on tape now, two of which with Connor Basilak at the helm. So, They've seen the LSU game. They've seen what we do in the pass offense. They saw the t- Kentucky game. They've seen what we do in the run game. I mean, they've had a lot more tape to break down than just about any other opponent we've had to this point. And so I think Florida was the most prepared team from a defensive standpoint of anybody we've played to this point because they've they've seen both recipes, the run and the pass. And uh, it was going to be hard for Drinkowitz to do anything to really surprise them the way he did maybe LSU and Kentucky. But 
you know, he also got too cute with that shit. Um, you know, that Kiki Chisholm play, you know, they got away with one early where Knox did the double reverse and picked up some positive yards, but you can't do that like a bunch. You know what I mean? You, it's the whole point is it's supposed to be a surprise. And they tried it, you know, a quarter later with Kiki Chisholm and ended up losing 20 yards. And it's like, all right, let's not get too cute. And I think that's sort of what you're alluding to, Brennan is like, we're running the ball like crazy doing that fucking nutball shit. And we got a quarterback who seems to be pretty good at completing passes. Mm-hmm. So why don't we like try letting him complete some of those instead of trying to do the circus fucking act? I would have just liked to seen a couple go routes. You know what I mean? Now we got to see Basilak launch one at one point where uh, Knox decided just to drop like a surefire touchdown pass. And that and was forth. probably one of the biggest turning points in the game. If he catches mm-hmm. that, scores a touchdown. It really solves a lot of problems. Well, we're, yeah, all of a sudden this looks like a boxing match. You know, we're, throw, we're trading blows with him and – uh, that's what I'm talking about, that brittle confidence. You know what I mean? Like, we hit that pass, we score a touchdown, that confidence swells. And you carry that in the confidence in the second half. By the time you get to that point, it's set in. Like, we can play with these cocksuckers. And we would have taken that confidence in the second half, and it probably would have been a, f- a fight all the way into the fourth. But you drop that pass, shit goes awry, you get down by a touchdown, that very brittle confidence that's pretty new, that, that Drinkwins has brought you, that has been beaten out of you by Odom, it still needs to be nurtured to become a thing. And right now it's, it's brittle, and, and when shit went wrong, they just they fell apart. Things fell apart quickly at the end of the second quarter, and of course we haven't even mentioned a big part of this game, which will be the most noteworthy game I'm sure on the Paul Feinbaum show. Yeah, in honor of uh, Halloween, Dan Mullen did some sort of fucking Wolfman transformation into Tom Herman. What a fucking colossal ass bag! That's right. Dan Mullen basically instigated a fight between the two teams at the end of the half, and we need shots to- were fired. Punches were thrown. It was a big melee for a football team. Well, and despite what Florida fans want to bitch about on Twitter, like if you watch the tape, yeah, their quarterback got hit a little late. It happens. And nobody's blaming fucking Florida's offensive line for standing up for the quarterback. But if you continue, you watch it from the play to the fight breaking out, the fight breaks out because Dan Mullen rolls out there and starts yelling at people. And now they're not protecting their quarterback anymore. They're protecting their coach, and it turns into a fucking melee. And so I would expect Dan Mullen to end up getting into some trouble, despite what, you know, the announcers were quick to apologize from it for him. But I can't imagine a head coach instigating a brawl at midfield. I understand that the uh, incident that sparked it was a late hit. But let's not pretend the late hit is the reason a giant fight happened at midfield. A giant fight happened because a fucking grown man acted like a fucking idiot. Well, and he didn't just do it then. He came after he was leaving the field. He turned around and he goes and he gets the crowd all revved up too. I mean, he just gets him into like a fever pitch, you know, mm-hmm. and as if he's proud of his behavior. He, there's nothing to be ashamed of acting like a fucking moron like he's that. A jackass man child who basically yes. scoffed at the coronavirus and then 10 seconds later, his entire team is infected as is he. He's a stupid moron. Now he's this week mad that they have to vote or something well, on Tuesday. Bemoaning the fact that, oh, we got to be off Tuesday for voting. Well, so does every other coach. Yeah. And bemoaning the fact that, that coronavirus doesn't let fans sit in the seats. Like, neither does it let for any other team. You know, like, all of these things that you're being persecuted with, Dan, the coronavirus, and attendance limitations, and kids being off Tuesday to vote, the, they're happening to everyone, you fucking victim. Like, he sits there and bitches about him. Like, the every world's br- coming down on Dan Mellon. Well, everybody else is having to deal with it too, dick. That's right. He's the worst. He sucks. <laughs> and so, that was before the game when he instigated a giant fight at midfield. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> he's a well-known piece of shit. 
Yeah, he's a well-known piece of shit. And his wife makes out with the players before every game. Well, his wife makes him wear the horns of the cuckoldenberg. <laughs> That's right. That's why he wears a visor. <laughs> a normal hat because of those horns. <laughs> Cuckold horns. Yeah. That's a shame. Anyway, the second half wasn't any better than the first. Got you know, worse. the second half, it all fell apart. And mm-hmm. uh, we did have one scoring drive of uh, Roundtree. Despite the uh, bad game, Roundtree was Roundtree. Nick Bolton was Nick Bolton. The the, mm-hmm. the the veterans, the talent on the team, you know, they showed up despite all else. You know, they, that's what's that's probably what the biggest thing. You know, this team looked young tonight. You know, and they do have a redshirt freshman quarterback, and a lot of the receiving core is pretty new. And it's I, I don't a know. new coach, a new offense. I mean, it all is new. And and Colin, I think they str- I think they have an identity crisis. Is what I think they have because I don't think this was a great Florida defense we saw tonight. I think that this team played as Greatest show on turf, throw a deep vertical offense passing game against LSU. And that's how they won that game. And then they took it to the ground attack for the Kentucky game. And they just have been doing whatever the situation called for. And I just don't know, like, if they know what they are. You know what I mean? Like, they've tried both methods. I don't know. It just looked like there wasn't a th- – it didn't look like there was a game plan tonight like there had been in the last two weeks. Well, I think it's a more difficult game plan to create because uh, Florida isn't Kentucky. Kentucky does something. They have a very set identity. You know, Florida isn't going to run the ball 99% of the time, and they're going to be as talented as LSU and better coached probably. <laughs> well – I don't know. Ed Ogeron just won a national championship. Maybe a little hard on Ed, but the point is, is that there's just been more tape, and this, like I said, the team looked young. They just looked like a team that got hit in the mouth and then got down a little bit on the road, and they hadn't been in that situation much. You know what I mean? They're just there's a new coach. This team is a new team, despite a lot of the players coming back, and it's Drink and and Basilak are and are going to have to weather these sorts of storms because when you get to year three and you get hit in the mouth like this, you don't fall apart. But I just feel like we're in year one, in COVID Palooza, they learned something tonight, and it was it came at a painful price. Well, and I think that they have been getting away with over the last few games and throughout the entire season, and they didn't get away with it tonight, which is just too many stupid errors, yeah. too many, too many big foolish mistakes. We have been and loose we, with the football. We've been pr- very loose with it, and I think we've we've managed to overcome it a mm-hmm. lot of times. Uh, well, the LSU game, we just turned the ball. Oh, I mean, right. I can't believe how many turnovers we and had. And most of those have game. been fumbles. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, Basilak doesn't throw a lot of interception. It's been loose with the football from everybody, Basilak included. It's just well, and hold on to the fucking football. It, you know, muffin kick returns and things like well, that's, that. That's I count that sort of in the fumble category. Yeah. But just bad hands, bad – just irresponsible with the football and we're playing top teams in the country and they just don't give you that many chances and yeah. we're giving those chances well, that's away what like yeah, what well, knocks drop is so big like you got to hit those when you got the shot you got to hit those it's hard to be critical of where after what he did tonight but earlier in the game i believe it was where who knocked down a screen pass that he could have <laughs> intercepted and ran back for like a 90 yard touchdown in that first series <laughs> yeah. and i said and i told brennan i was like god that's the kind of play you just really need to make you know tonight uh, uh, on the road in the swamp like in Florida if you're going to win this game you can't just deflect that ball he, like he needed to catch that and run it back he should have caught that and run it back and two plays later they had it in the end zone my point is is like that's why it's hard to be hard on him but it's mm-hmm. if a few of those things break a different way who knows what happens but we're set to have a bye this weekend we I think we are a team that needs a little maybe a reset you know we've we've come out doing a little better than we thought but uh, we clearly are a flawed team you know we clearly have weaknesses and I don't know it seems like it may be the perfect time in this Missouri season I guess going up against Georgia next 
to just have a little breather and sort of regroup and be like, well, what do we want to accomplish with this season and how are we going to do it? Well, I'm still optimistic. I think Drink's a good coach. I think they were, they're building something and it's just, it's very new that tonight to me was as much as just, you know, these kids can play football. It's a lack of confidence. The lights got a little bright and it all just sort of fell apart and they couldn't get it back. And I just think it, it belies mental toughness and experience, you know, and that's why guys like Nick Bolton and, and Roundtree continue to play for four quarters and not sort of shit the bed is because they're, they've been forged in the crucible of this football game or whatever. I don't know. That's a stupid analogy. Anyway, nothing about what I saw tonight makes me worry about drink or Basilac or the direction of the program. I, to me, tonight was just growing pains. Now, a result like this, you know, in seasons to come after you should have learned your lesson and toughened up and, and not fall apart, you know, that's when I'm going to get mad. When drink, If drink does this kind of shit year three, I won't be so forgiving. We have to keep our expectations realistic. And I think I definitely was guilty of maybe getting out a little ahead of my skis about what we were. I mean, well, I mean, in the midweek, we were saying 14 points seems like a lot. But yeah, I think we right. imagined a team where a more slugged out game than this, you know, and it yeah. could have been. It could have been. But just I thought our offense was a little couple. sharper than it is. Yeah. It just didn't look like, you know, I, I was watching outside of some of those trickeration. I don't even like to word. What's a better word? I don't want to say trickeration ever again in my life. I hate that word. I, they call them trick plays. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, after a few of those kind of plays. I didn't really think the offense was particularly creative tonight. You know, I didn't think that it was. No, it was just run it up the gut, run it up the gut, throw if you have to. I mean, they are being very conservative from a throwing standpoint, but. And maybe that's the youth. Maybe that's why they're doing it. But, you know, I think a lot of what our big problem tonight was, was just our line getting eaten up. Yeah, that was, that was, that's it right there. Our line played really well the last couple games. They did not play well tonight and they just got worse throughout the game too. Well, and part of that too is like once you get down 34 to seven or where the fuck it was. I mean, like the other team knows you're throwing. You yeah. I mean, so it's, there's not even the pretense of like, we're going to, but then again, Missouri continued to run, but <laughs> we did, but the, the pass rushers can taste blood in the water. The offensive line has sort of lost their confidence. And, and I don't know, Basilek had a challenging night and uh, he's going to, going to remember that he learned something tonight. I promise you that's what this program learned something tonight. So many negative yardage plays. It was, uh, it was ugly to watch. Yeah. And honestly, the defense, for the number of points on the scoreboard, I didn't think the defense played that badly against one of the top offenses in the country. I mean, you can chalk a lot of those points up to the fucking offense putting the defense in terrible positions. Well, I just think so many fumbles. These players are are, are letting their, can let their self their cage get rattled right now. And like I said, that's got to stop. You got to learn to to overcome and and not lose your shit when the the going gets tough. And you know, like I said, I hope they learn something tonight. I hope it ultimately, you know, next year or the year after we're kicking a hole in Florida, we'll think about what a piece of shit Dan Mullen is and uh, how happy we are after watching this miserable game. That's right. I'm looking forward to once again having a winning record against the yep. Florida Gators. Yep. Okay, why don't we take our first break, Colin? We'll come back. We'll get to those listener voicemails and hear what you had to say about this game. And then, uh, God, no sour grapes this week, except yep. for our own. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> All right, this is the Mazzotcast. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. 
be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know, I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what. They have good stuff. I shaved, and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. (laughs) They're the number one men's below-the-belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? I don't know, but I, I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero turn mower. It gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's scrote safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bullwhip, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. Best day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. Listening to some listener music. This is a Mizzou student, as a matter of fact. Forrest Wilson from the band Ruby Lane sent us this track. It's called Seven Legged Spider. If you'd like to get your listener music on, send us an email at mazodcast at gmail.com and we'd be happy to try to get it some exposure. Well, we weren't the only ones who had thoughts about this game. You all did too. And so why don't we hit the old Game Six Honky Tonk Mazodcast listener line? Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. I have not seen tackling this bad since Missouri played the School of the Blind in 1984. What in the fuck? And God damn it, Jalen Knox, if you wouldn't have had your pre-game butter sandwich, <laughs> I'm guessing seconds, you'd have took one to the fucking house. Those damn butter sandwiches. Are yeah, they should stop making them. <laughs> they really should. They make the hands slick before the game. It's a, it's a bad idea Never all the way around. Yeah. Saban knows that. I'm genuinely convinced someone on this team just wants us to lose. The whole team is doing everything in their power to make us lose this game. It's, it's currently halftime right now. They just scored off of a fumble on a horrible handoff by Basilak and Beatty. This team, we look good for about a quarter and now we look horrible because the offense can't do anything at all. The defense is giving up everything. And why aren't we throwing the ball? Yep. I mean, Florida's go, secondary literally has however many people out there. Yep. They're all dropping like flies, and we're just throwing screens and checking it down and running it up the middle when it's not there. 
where I really don't know what this team is doing. Drink really needs to get this team together for the second half. We look like we look horrible right now, guys. Yeah, hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot. That's yeah, that's, that's a, a fine assessment. Damon Hazelton kind of sucks. <laughs> Probably should take him off the field. <laughs> Chisholm and, and Hazelton didn't didn't make any fans tonight. One more thing. Dan Mullen's a fucking cunt. <laughs> that fucking fruitcake motherfucker with the... <laughs> Good I enjoyed that. Boy, that sort of sentiment is much appreciated. Everything Hazelton touches another fucking football here in the second half, <laughs> I'm going to lose my fucking mind. If they cannot put a receiver in to the second half that can catch a football, <laughs> I am going to lose it. Damon Hazelton is the worst receiver that we have, hands-wise, on the entire roster. Horrible. Horrible. Drops everything that he touches. Throw it to anybody. Throw it to my grandmother. Throw it to a grave. Throw it to anybody other than number seven, Damon Hazelton. Don't even look at <laughs> his goodness. direction. Good goodness. He's not a fan. Not a fan. I feel like these guys are almost poetic in his dislike of Hazelton. <laughs> yeah. Well, feels like a cold splash of water to the face, I'll tell you that much. I can't believe that Jalen Knox dropped that. I mean, it feels a lot like Barry Odom football, to be perfectly honest, with the drops and the conservative play calling and the penalties. It feels a lot, lot further away than two-score game. Hopefully they can just make it respectable. I think Florida is a better team than a lot, a lot of people thought they were. And I don't know. We'll see what happens, but not optimistic. Well, and Florida is a consummate underachiever before Dan Mullen. And why, why I say that is because they've always had tons and tons of talent. And just the coaches, McIlwain and <laughs> Muschamp. Muschamp, I mean, what the fuck are they going to do with it? You know what I mean? Like you could give them a 12-inch thundercock and they still couldn't get their old lady off. You know, Mullen's not that guy. You <laughs> know what I mean? He knows how to coach football. He may be a colossal shitbag. And a genuinely dumb motherfucker, but he can coach football. And so he's utilizing that five-star talent much more effectively than anybody the Tigers have faced since we've joined the SEC. They're a real team. we got to admit it. Hey, Mazzotcast. This is Daniel and Branson. Normally a silver dollar city, but I took the night off so <laughs> nice. that I could watch our team beat Florida. Ooh. Well, so far that's not happening so far in the first half. Uh, hopefully we turn it around in the second half. Because these mistakes are fucking killing us. Yeah. This is hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Bullshit mistakes we're making. We keep making them. Who the fuck is leading our special team? Why are we not making any of these corrections? We keep making these same fucking stupid mistakes every goddamn fucking week. God. I'll yeah. sit here and eat my kid's fucking Halloween candy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I think he brings up a good point in that, you know, it's it's easy to be very, very positive about Coach Drinkwitz with the wins. But he brings up a good point, especially with the special teams. I mean, we have seen some repeated errors, and you'd hope that, you know, some coaches might correct some of those things. And some of those things maybe aren't getting corrected. And the fact that they've sort of won some football games glosses over the fact that special teams has been bad since day one. You know what I mean? Like, and it hasn't been improving. But we've been winning football games, so, you know, who's going to talk about that? But it's the truth. Yeah, and but, we, I mean, it's the number 10 team in the country. You know what I mean? We've been getting sucker punched by the best team. Brennan, we country. want Bama. Yeah, we got Bama. Oh, got, shit. I mean, we want Auburn. Yeah. No, we, we don't want BYU. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah. 
<laughs> Keep us away from BYU. But anyway, we've got a tough fucking schedule. We are in year one. And I mean, I don't know. I guess the question mark for me has always been like, how far into a rebuild are we? I mean, is it a complete from the ground floor rebuild? Because I don't think it is. I think Basilac's a great place to start. I think Roundtree's a great well, place to I start. Well, I think it's not like, a complete rebuild from the standpoint. Right. So of- we can't expect, we don't need to expect it to be a two and eight season. I, uh, I agree with that. But I guess my overall arching point so far to this point about this game is that it's not a complete rebuild from a talent standpoint, but it is a complete rebuild from a culture standpoint, from a mentality standpoint. Like winning programs don't fall apart. But these are Barry this this team has mostly been coached by Barry Odom. And they've got a new guy who's installing a new culture where you've got some confidence and you trust in what you're doing and you know the guy at the top's got a fucking brain in his head. But these are these are still kids that have mostly experienced losing and bad coaching and it's just it takes a while to build a culture and so what i saw the night wasn't a team that is untalented or a team that i guess i'm just not mad because i know it's happening or at least i feel like i do is like they're trying to build something right now and these kids you know whether they be seniors or freshmen they've been through four years of if something can go wrong it will go wrong it takes a while for a coach to get rid of that to give them confidence that every, when something goes wrong the whole thing doesn't is going to fall apart and i think i see it but it's going to take a while because these kids had a lot more time with Barry Odom than they have with this new you know hopefully positive era at Mizzou what's up boys half time you know i think we're probably going to lose this game but at least we go out at halftime just beating some ass man if you're going to lose games just fucking punch some fuckers you know so <laughs> we're probably going to lose this is going to be two and three after this but uh you punch some guys in the face, it's like you only ask for anymore, right? Like, that's, that's a good team when you're just beating some fucking ass like a Chuck Liddell out there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> My I like this is a glass half yeah. full guy. You know what I mean? I feel and like we don't see glass half full guy very often. I listen to these so voicemails and I think, you know, game six honky tonk. How lucky are they to be associated with all this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Golly. It's good stuff. We get a lot of complaining. Very rarely do we get somebody after a 41 to 17 loss. You know <laughs> yeah. what? See the bright side of things. Yep. Well, the end of that half was interesting. Aside from all that, Mizzou fucking themselves over and all of a sudden can't move the fucking ball on one of the worst defenses in the SEC unless they just decide to start playing defense. We're also dropping passes, which is great. So back to normal there for us. But fuck. We'll get there, guys. We'll get there. Well, fellas, I tell you what, that was a pretty shitty half of football. You know, uh, Jarvis Ware's pick six, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, and the fight at the end. I mean, I'm sure you guys have already talked about that. That was pretty fucking cool, too. But I think Trey Williams just got ejected. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Red Twitter, right? But, you know, tell you what, Eli, he's going to have he's gonna have the boys fired up. We're coming back, baby, MIT. And, uh, uh, it didn't work Dan Mullen can eat shit. Fuck Dan Mullen 2020. <laughs> <laughs> he agreed. Yeah, he got my vote. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh, it's a lady. Mm. Dan Mullen is a piece of shit. Yeah, he sure is. Everybody on Florida is a piece of shit. <laughs> Florida Gators fucking suck. Dan Mullen started this bullshit. And of course, you know, and I know, that nothing's going to fucking happen. Then he goes back into the stadium and starts riling everybody up. What a piece of shit. Yep. Hot. Garbage. Ha, ha, garbage. Oh, Brennan, this sounds like a MIT. a lady friend to the show. Yeah, absolutely. A listener. Yeah, I think it's maybe our third female yeah. listener ever. Yeah, well. But you're welcome. And yeah. she's right. She's right. Fuck Everything em. she said was right. Mm-hmm. 100% correct. Fuck you, Dan Mullen. 
and our state troopers would destroy your fat ass six month pregnant state troopers ass anyway. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Well, that is not crocodiles. an argument. I often hear like my dad can beat up your dad. Oh, our state troopers can beat up your state troopers. <laughs> Bring it. Weird. It is currently twenty seven to seven in the third quarter. And Mizzou has just gotten another three and out, and I decided to turn the fucking game off because I cannot watch this hot garbage any longer. Hot garbage. Mizzou and and fuck Dan Mullen, by the way. <laughs> a fucking little ass kid, fucking trying to hype up the crowd after a big ass fight. What a fucking little bitch, man. But yeah, I will not be t- tuning into the game. So um, I guess I'll have to see after the game what fucking happens and how bad we got shit on. Because offense can't do jack shit. The receivers have fucking stone hands, and Mizzou fucking sucks. Go Tigers, I hope, I hope we fucking win, but not going to happen. Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. <laughs> I, uh, I forget that as fun as it is to win and uh, doing the sour grapes and everything, it's all great. There is some good stuff that comes from uh, a loss. You know sure, what I mean? The voicemails sure. can be a different kind of good yeah. uh, after a bad loss. I would actually like to retract my previous statement. I do not hate Mizzou. I just really expected us to compete today with what we've seen the last two games we played. And we just came out and our offense looked like fucking hot garbage today. But I don't know how the game's going to turn out. Probably not good. Uh, We have a bye next week, so we have time to recover from all the COVID cases that Dan Mullen gave us by breathing his hot ass breath in all of our players' faces. Well done, sir. Well done. Alex here, Houston viewer. Yeah. God, what an utter prick that Mullen is. Alex. Why, why go and attack a coach or go and attack a, a referee? Just like stop being such a fucking dickhead. I mean, I just, yes, was it a personal foul? Probably. Was it an ejection? But, like, I don't mind yelling at the fucking ref. Yell all you want, but don't fucking try and be Mr. Fucking Hulk Hogan, you COVID-ridden little prick. (laughs) Go fuck cock or something. Do what your wife does who's going to blow the fucking O-line anyway after that. The standing up to the player fucking macho man, Mullen Savage. Oh, <laughs> nice! Well played, Alex. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's right though. I mean, like the the refs have pretty much get the have got the fucking defensive and offensive line separated. Everybody was sort of heading back to their restricted directions, and then Dan Mullen jumps in the middle of it and turns it into a fucking melee. Mm-hmm. He turned it on. Could have turned it off. He turned it on. I don't even know if you guys are going to play this. I've already called it four times. <laughs> Missouri me off so much. I want to say one more thing: is fuck these fucking announcers. I swear to God, they were bad. Week. The announcers are horrible, and they jerk off the other fucking team. Like, right now, they're just talking about Kadarius Tony, like, Oh, my God, he's so good. He's like a cheat code. He's like a creative player in Madden. Oh, my God, he's so fast. And Mizzou makes a big play, and they're like, Oh, wow, Mizzou, huh? Mizzou finally did something. Fuck these fucking announcers. SEC Network and ESPN needs to get some fucking better announcers, because these guys suck ass. They were announcing a Florida game that Mizzou happened to be at. That's one thing I can tell you about <laughs> yeah. listening to the night. Like it did sound like, like the, the, the fight start, and they're like, "Well, Florida really needs to this in Florida. This it shouldn't Florida do this?" And I don't know about what Florida's up to here. Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen, yeah, Dan yeah, Mullen. Dan Mullen blah, 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 blah. You know, mm-hmm. like it's Mizzou was a, was an afterthought as mm-hmm. far as the announcing went. I don't like living. <laughs> That's yeah. The, well, well, stick with it, buddy. Do we need to call somebody? For yeah, no you'll be okay. Yeah, that's it's all right. I mean, really, I feel like uh, as a Mizzou fan, you should be sort of callous to this sort of uh, yeah, yeah, numb, thing. get yeah. numb. It's better. 
Yo, what's up, Zodcast? Calling up here in Seattle, so I had a lot, much longer time with the Pacific time zone to, like, you know, really kind of stew with this loss. Dan Mullen, kind of an asshole for that halftime. Those tendencies there, really disappointing. You didn't think we played terrible and didn't look like a Barry Odom loss, but like a Drinkwitz loss, which looks a little bit better, but, uh, Man, kind of still sucks either way. But I guess the positive is I don't have to hear the other callers calling and talk about Basilac's big sack or big dick or whoever else on the team's big dick. I don't really want to hear that all the time, but it means I'm winning. I guess it's okay. So, I don't know. It might be. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, that's all right. Everybody's teach their own. You know what I mean, Brendan? <laughs> I'm just really disappointed with uh with everything tonight. Offensively, defensively, that was that was trash. Dan Mullen is hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. That guy fucking sucks. He should have been kicked out of the game. He should be suspended by the SEC <laughs> for being a little bitch ass pussy. Uh, and I called earlier to rag on Damian Hazelton and I feel bad about that. I'm sorry, Damian, I shouldn't have called you out. All of the Missouri receivers suck tonight. It wasn't just you, and I feel bad for calling just him out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> it's funny. That Very magnanimous. Up, that's the second caller, I think, in this whole string. They called back and said, hey, I want to take back something I said earlier. <laughs> 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 but that's okay. I mean, that's. I, I think we like getting those phone calls in the heat of the moment, but I'm sure a lot of the callers, as soon as they hit end on that call, they're like, hmm. Oh, like in the first half, I'm so angry that I was like, I don't even want to do the show because I'm just not in a mind headspace where like yeah, I can do that show. And then by the end of the game, it's just you're numb to the beating you're taking, and you're like, oh, yeah. well, we just got to do a show now. But like in that moment, like you're so disgusted with all of it, you're like, fuck, I don't want to talk about this at all. <laughs> all right, well, why don't we close up the mailbag? <laughs> and get on to something much happier, Colin. It's time once again for Kansas news. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. story of the day, feds say inadequately treated sewage released into Kansas River. Again? <laughs> That's right, Colin. I, I saw this headline and I thought, well, you know what? This is probably an old story. You know, sometimes you look for some Kansas news. Brendan, I would say that we had stories. a story, and we've referenced in the show many times over the years, but this is probably, what year? How many years we've been doing this? Seven years? Yeah, this is, we started in 14, so yeah. 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 So, like in year two, we had a Kansas news story that was basically about how raw sewage was constantly being dumped into Kansas rivers. Right. Yeah. That so they were this is it that up. story, Brennan. Yeah. That's, that's, this is just a reread of that story, right? Well, you'd think. That's what I suspected. Colin. Oh, so. And, and if not that story, it was a story we did about a year later about more sewage being dumped into uh, Kansas rivers. But it wasn't that story either. <laughs> so this is a completely new story. This is a about story about sewage. From- in rivers in Kansas. <laughs> yes, this is from September 18th of 2020. So that oh. is a news story. In Wamego, Kansas, a federal indictment alleges that a wastewater operator discharged inadequately treated sewage into the Kansas River and falsified discharge reports in violation of the Federal Clean Water Act. So more more shit running in their water. How can this happen so often in Kansas? It's a, Why like is they, there so much feces in their water, Brennan? <laughs> I feel like Kansans need to be the ones 
asking this question of their officials. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all well and good for you to ask it on their behalf. Yeah. But I feel like the Kansans themselves. Until the drink, residents are worried about it. And still, until they get tired of drinking poo poo water, <laughs> then nothing's going to change, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. And as, uh, as long as Kansans are completely comfortable drinking shit filled water. And it uh, appears that they are. Yeah, they're, that's just gonna. It's gonna be the what it is. Every couple of years, we're gonna read a story about shit in the Kansas's rivers mm-hmm. and fish with three eyes and all <laughs> yeah. kinds of things like that. Yeah, As, you know, and we do this for twenty years. You just just know every three years. Next story: A Kansas man was arrested on suspicion of threatening to kidnap and kill the mayor of Wichita over the city's mask mandate. <laughs> well, it's a perfectly natural reaction to the to wearing a mask. Yeah, it sounds like a logical response. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, Kansans, man. A uh, man in Wichita, Kansas, was arrested on Friday over his alleged intention to kidnap and kill Wichita Mayor Brandon Whipple over his citywide <laughs> precautions in place to stem the spread of COVID-19. According to a report, Wichita police arrested 59-year-old Meredith Dowdy on Friday and said he could be charged with making a criminal threat. The Wichita Police Department did not immediately return requests for comment on Saturday. Dowdy was booked in the Sedwick County Jail on Friday. The most disappointing thing about this story, Brendan, is it doesn't truly just belong to Kansas. And a guy did this in Michigan, too. But, like, I want Mm -hmm. this to only be something that could happen in Kansas. Because it feels like something that would only happen in Kansas where somebody would Somebody would want to kidnap and murder a public representative. A mayor. Yeah. yeah that's, that's. Can you imagine thinking that <laughs> killing a mayor is going to do good in the world? That's going to help things somehow. Mm. The arrest came after Whipple had been shown text messages received by another city official where Dowdy requested personal information about the mayor, including his home address, and contained a detailed threat against his life. He said he was going to kidnap me and slash my throat, and he needed my address because I needed to see the hangman. And me and everyone who, something about tyranny, Whipple said, according to the newspaper, (laughs) dot, 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 something about tyranny. I feel like that describes half of the tweets on Twitter right now. (laughs) Something, something about tyranny. Yes, you're going to slash your throat, (laughs) dot, 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 something about tyranny. (laughs) The mayor added, it sounded like a person who was pretty upset about mask mandates. And he said something about not being able to see his mother because of COVID restrictions on elderly homes. I like the guy's like, I don't know, he's a lunatic. He just started <laughs> I, blathering. I didn't really pay much attention to it, <laughs> to be quite honest. said something about it living in a van down by the river. Yeah. Whipple said he believed the threat against him was credible and said this wasn't just some guy popping off on social media. There was a, several paragraphs on why jet fuel doesn't burn beams, steel <laughs> beams. It was it was a whole thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dowdy is a local musician and retired firefighter who in 2008 was honored by Wichita City Council for saving the life of a police officer. So, you know, a little bad, a little good. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, he's a mixed bag, Brennan. He's a mixed bag, ultimately. <laughs> he's done so much. Part psychopath, part hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't just... Brennan, We're all the bad doesn't wipe <laughs> the bad doesn't erase the good nor the good the bad. You know okay, what I mean? Like sure. he's a, he's a he's a complicated, multifaceted man. Well, I think you uh, you have certainly pleaded this potential kidnapper or murderer's case. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a I've got a soft spot in my heart for people who can wildly fly off the handle. <laughs> Mice in private school kitchen, sewage pool by chicken fryer among October violations. These are some of the joys you get to experience if you're dining in a Kansas restaurant, Colin. Mice in a private school's kitchen and two restaurants that kept serving customers instead of shutting down to fix sewage backup problems are among the violations Kansas Department of Agricultural Inspectors discovered 
during their local food safety inspections this month. You know, being as we played Florida, it, it seems, uh, you know, you should don't mention that there's always a Florida man story. But I really feel like Mazodcast, when we, from the very beginning, has known that there's one state that's more fucked up than Florida. And every week we prove it. That state is Kansas. It clearly is. There's sewage everywhere, for instance. Everywhere. It's all about sewage. There (laughs) seem to be themes in these things. Yada, yada, yada. A bunch of shit. A bunch of rodents everywhere in Kansas kitchens. Enormous enormous lift of restaurants that cannot uh, operate safely. Yeah. I think they just do themselves a great big favor and say, in Kansas, there's very little to distinguish the difference between a restroom and a kitchen. Yeah. They're basically the same room. Yep. They both eat and shit and eat both. Yeah. That's how they do it. All right. Final story for the day. Gone Kansas played Iowa State. They hosted Iowa State, so you knew they had an advantage because it was a Kansas home game. I can't even spit it out without laughing. Do you want to take a stab at what happened in this one, the final score? Kansas got badly beaten. I saw the score. It was like 52 to something, 17. I can't remember. 52 to 22. 52 to 22. It was was an unpleasant uh, experience for Kansas. It was a thrashing, and Kansas now sits at zero and I mean, at least they can take some sauce that it was a loss to a good team. Team like Iowa State. I gotta ask, like, <laughs> what is yeah, <laughs> what what happens with Les Miles? Like, how long at least do they give a guy like Les Miles? I don't know. He's 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 become Charlie Weiss at light speed. If if you don't remember, Charlie Weiss, famed coach, a coordinator for the Patriots under Bill Belichick, procured his uh, success at into a head coaching job at the University of Kansas. Everybody was super excited because what a big name. He had been at Notre Dame. He had been coach for the Patriots. And he came to Kansas and he immediately burst into flames. And Les Miles is basically doing the exact same thing. Yep, but faster. <laughs> Not, I mean, kind of, yeah, but I mean, Charlie mm-hmm. Weiss. Did it pretty fast. Yeah, he didn't win either, you know, ever. You know what I mean? Like, he was bad from the beginning to end. And so does Les Miles. So. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Kansas News. All right, Colin. Well, let's uh, quit talking about the Missouri game. It's pretty depressing. Let's look around the rest of the league and see what happened. It's time, once again, for Around the Horn with the SEC. We, we, we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Loves football. All righty, and as we always do, we'll uh, fire up our uh, Paul Finebot. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. Paul, great to have you. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. Our first game on the docket is Vanderbilt playing Ole Miss in Nashville. Uh, Ole Miss needed a win. Vanderbilt needed to win, but I guess worse than anyone in the world. They're, uh, Vanderbilt's bad. I mean, it, Vanderbilt's as bad right now as I've seen them, and Vanderbilt's never been good since I've been, you know, we've been part of the SEC. No, you got to feel like Derek Mason is circling the drain. I know they gave him a long leash in mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, but golly. Well, I think what happened, I, we and Brendan discussed this earlier today, you got, you got James Franklin who had some small measured success at uh, Vanderbilt, but more than anybody else had managed to have, and and then Mason came in and had some small successes in the beginning, had some decent players that all ended up being Franklin's. And it's just been a downward spiral since then. And uh, I don't think Barrett Mason's a good coach. And I think when I watch them, they're just like Kansas, they're like hapless, like 
they are just embarrassingly bad. Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Yeah, I mean, I don't worry about them at all. I know that maybe sounds bad. After getting our heads kicked in, yeah, it does sound bad. But I, just, <laughs> I feel the same way. You know what I mean? Like it's, I like at least we'll beat Vanderbilt by fifty. Yeah, and I mean we've lost to Vanderbilt. It's not like we're not capable of losing. I've to Vanderbilt. attended a game in Vanderbilt and watched us lose. Yeah. Well, Ole Miss kicked the living dog shit out of them, fifty-four to twenty-one. Uh, the old Lane Train offense. Vanderbilt had no answers for it. Wide receiver Elijah Moore is unstoppable to Vanderbilt defenses. Yep. So it was uh, as was expected. In terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. <laughs> the next game after that was Georgia coming to Kentucky. I was curious about how this game would go. Because it looked like kind of like Missouri, uh, Kentucky. It really did. Yeah, I I kind of expected more from Georgia, frankly. I did too, but you know, Kentucky is, we talked about it last week, they're not a bad team. When we beat them, we beat a good, when we beat them, we beat a good team. They got a good defense, their offense is stagnant, but Georgia didn't move the ball much easier against them than we had. I think that's a credit to Kentucky's defense, but you know, I said it last week, Drink may have showed, you know, may have drawn up the blueprint for every other program to beat Kentucky and they know how to do it now. You just beat them with their own stick. Mm -hmm. Now, not every team's going to be able to do that, but that's, that's the recipe. 14 to 3. It's the very old school SEC type of score mm. compared to what we're getting. A lot of 40s and 50s on the board, but not in this one. LSU went to Auburn, and I think this was, I think, a telling game for both programs because LSU had been pretty terrible this year. And Auburn, up and down, up yeah, and down. And Auburn had been very disappointing as well, mm. you know? And, and I mean, Gus Malzahn is, he's, Got one foot in the grave, don't you think? You should be fired. He said one foot in the grave forever. You know what I mean? And I tell you what, I mean, it's hard to imagine firing the guy in this environment, though. I mean, who are you going to hire? Fuck. Well, he just beat the defending national champions 48-11. to LSU looked like trash in this game. You're right about that. I don't have any particular love for him. And maybe they'd be just like Georgia when they got rid of Mark Richt. You know, and they, they, maybe there is a guy, maybe there's a Kirby Smart on the other side of this. And if they f- just fire him, they'll find their Kirby Smart. But I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. he, he does pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is hard to cover, to fire those guys. Yeah, you know? and I, he, he's always winning a game here and there that should, should like basically secure Here's his job for another year, you know. I feel like Auburn is capable of sometimes winning a national championship, but they're also capable of going like 15 years with an eight-win season. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. He's He seems good, and like, they seem really good, but they're not Alabama either. And mm. I don't know if firing him gets them to Alabama status, you know? Not sure about that. Well, I don't know what gets you to Alabama status. They took on Mississippi State tonight and beat them 41-0, to zero, <laughs> which is pretty much as close as you can get. <laughs> To a perfect game. You know what I mean? As Caleb would say, dictum. (laughs) Dictum good. So they shut out Mississippi State. So I'm guessing that maybe they missed one extra point because it's 41 to zero, Mm -hmm. which means that Nick Saban is furious. He's furious right now, Brendan. Eating the loving, beating heart out of the kicker that missed the extra point (laughs) because he lost. (laughs) But I mean, it's as close to a perfect score as you can get. Remember after the first week, how convinced everybody was that Mike Leach had had the Uh, SEC season? number and man oh, yeah. he has got nothing but yeah the pirates got it oh, all figured boy. out yeah nope not tonight and, and nick saban i'm sure was like they don't score against us boys. <laughs> they do not score against us yeah and they did not i mean and be fair mike leach's teams they haven't had much of an offense the no. uh, the pirate with his wild ways has not been producing any points and he did not produce a single well, and he's had tonight. a couple of kids just jump up and say oh we're grad transferring like right in the middle of the season, which means they're not getting along with coach. But and Leach has basically said as much. Like this happens every time you take over a program, you got to kind of push out the trash and bring in what you want and blah blah blah. Things ain't good 
yeah. in Starkville. Well, our final game of the week was Texas A&M taking on Arkansas. And Arkansas, I feel like, is the new media darling for mm-hmm. the SEC Network. They've won a few games. They're the Kentucky of the West, but yeah. they haven't lost the shine yet. But, yeah, and the, and the bar has been so low. Like, yeah, I feel like where's the ticker tape parade for Mizzou who has, like, the same record? You know what I mean? <laughs> and the new coach in the exact yeah. same way. But, uh, anyway, they took on Texas A&M, who kind of has found their stride a little bit. They're ranked eighth in the country now. And you say that, but they're just going to fall apart at the end of the season if they haven't they learned nothing will. else. <laughs> they always do. Yeah, we know it's going to happen, but it didn't happen tonight. They outscored Arkansas 42 to 31. It was a shootout. And I can't uh, believe Arkansas gave up 41 points with 42. Barry Odom, <laughs> defensive genius, greatest coach on the planet. I was going to, yes, I think anybody who uh, doesn't like Arkansas is going to note that uh, they didn't shut out Texas AM like Alabama did Mississippi State. Yeah. They, uh, defense has a few holes to work out. Yeah. Fucking Arkansas, man. I like them better when they lose all the time. Yeah. Well, and they it, they just they, they they're not that bad this year so far. Well, the the rivalry game we have with them has not been that interesting because they've been such trash. Yeah. So, and of course Missouri lost to Florida, 41 to 17. Florida is looking good and wanting to win that SEC East. Mizzou is sort of realigning and Yeah, next week's going to be really interesting cuz you're going to have your Georgia Florida matchup and that's going to tell the tale of the East. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of the buys built in this week because of the way the SEC schedules are laid out, a lot of the teams are having their buys this upcoming week, including Mizzou. But uh, next week on the docket, Florida-Georgia is the premier game. It's going to be at 2.30 on CBS. I don't know. I mean, the Florida I saw tonight looked good, but it's look, not the Florida I've been look, seeing. It looked a lot better than the Georgia I watched tonight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Georgia. Who- I'm going to go with Florida just because Trask is for real, mm-hmm. as is uh, that uh, Pitts kid. Their offense is legit, and their defense plays anything like they did tonight. They could give Georgia some trouble because, fuck, Georgia had a hell of a time moving the football against Kentucky. Well, and Colin, I think if you remember when Chris Doring came on to the show before the season started, he was higher on Florida than he was Georgia. Of course, he's mm-hmm. a Florida alum. Yeah, he, he lets his color. His, 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 yeah, his thumb can be on the scales. Yeah, you know? he's, he's as guilty as, as anybody. <laughs> but anyway, he was saying he was pretty high on this Florida team. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing it. I mean, they are good. There's no way to, no two other two ways around it. So I, I'll take uh, I'll take Florida to win that one too. Paul, who you got? I think Georgia is going to win the East. Okay, well, <laughs> fine, we'll see. Yes, sir. Okay, Vanderbilt goes to Mississippi State, so Mississippi State got their ass handed to them. You know, they drew the short straw this week, and they got Alabama, but they get to heal up with zero and four Vanderbilt, who is this conference's punching bag? Well, I, it's the uh, the completely movable objects against the very stoppable force. Yeah, it's a battle of titans. <laughs> Mississippi State. Texas A&M is going to South Carolina. I expect Texas A&M to win this game. They're four and one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina's two and three. But South That's Carolina's not- got some fight in them. And we also know what Texas A&M does each and every year, which is shits down both legs. And I feel like <laughs> Will Muschamp's squad this year has a little fight in them. They have not been that great, but I mean. They haven't been good at all, really. No, but but they've got a couple wins under the belt, and they they seem like we should beat them. I'll say that when when it comes time for Mizzou to play South Carolina, that's where the that's where my the bar is at now. It's like okay, we beat Kentucky, we beat LSU. Yeah, sure, we lost to Florida. They're really good, but come South Carolina time, it's we should win that game. You know, so you think A and M probably will too? Then beat them. Oh, A and M should slaughter them. Yeah. 
Because yeah. I think A&M is probably better than Mizzou right now, and I think Mizzou is better than South Carolina. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's true. Paul, who do you like? Texas, A&M. Paul always likes the teams in the West, yeah. so we, we know that that's going to be the case. All right, the last game we have for the docket this week, Tennessee going to Arkansas. Now, this will be interesting. I mean, Arkansas is the resilient new team in the up and up. Tennessee is uh, not back. You know, no, no, they're not. They clobbered us. They really did. I mean, it mm-hmm. was a demoralizing loss until this game. That was the most demoralizing point in the season. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think Arkansas is going to beat them. Pruitt's a dumb dumb. Like he's just butch over again. Like I, I'm sick of hearing it. I've already heard the same shit over and over again. What a recruiting. Well, they're really doing something here. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what about anything that he's doing right now? It's any different than you've seen already. A uh, middling season, you know, hey, they won some games towards the end of the season last year. Hooray! Like, Bush didn't fucking shit the bed completely every season, but, like, how low are you going to make the bar, Tennessee? You know what I mean? Like, fuck, give me a break. You're out that good, and it's all falling apart this season, too, and I'm glad of it. <laughs> I guess I don't even know if it's Tennessee that bothers me so much or if it's the way the media pumps Tennessee up that bothers me. Yeah. Because it's just, it's all a hoax, you know? It's a Chinese hoax. <laughs> <laughs> well, Georgia wasn't Georgia when we came into the league, but they've become the Georgia that we know now that sort of owns the East and is a title contender. Tennessee's never been that. They're not becoming that. You know what I mean? Like, not with this coach. They're not realistic about who they are and what they are. And no matter what the press ever wants to pump them up to be the new Georgia or to be sort of some sort of preeminent team in this this conference. And they're not. Nor have they been since we've been here. And it's going to take seeing it to believe it for me. (laughs) Because I don't care how many years. How many years have we been in the SEC now? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess eight. Yeah, I mean, like in eight years, fucking Tennessee ain't Peter drop. So give me a break. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for Around the Horn. Well, Colin, this point in the show, we usually give out our award for the player of the game. And, of course, we name this award after the glowing, flowing locks of one Kirk Farmer. Former uh, quarterback for our Mizzou Tigers. His hair was a thing of majestic beauty. His arm a thing of turds. <laughs> and we call this award the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. That's right. And who, in your mind, in this bad loss, earned that title of uh, Player of the Game? Because I feel like there were a few noble performances well, in an otherwise bad game. Ware didn't have a bad game. I mean, he had the pick six, which is obvious. But there was more than just a pick six. He, he had a pretty decent game. But, I mean, Nick Bolton, every time something went right for this team on defense, Nick Bolton was part of it. That interception for the pick six was a result of a Nick Bolton hit on the quarterback. When you just stop, he's there. I mean, he's you could just – he's Sunday talent, and it's – all yeah. over the field. And then, I don't know, other than that, I don't know. I don't think offense. there's anything on offense that yeah, you can even nominate. So, no. And, and then Mevis missed his first kick. Yeah, even even Thickness missed a kick, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be Nick Bolton. He was all over the field. He looked great. He makes me feel inadequate. And I got a feeling anytime we have a bad game, we're probably going to note that Nick Bolton played well despite everything going on. I will tell you this, happened in our in our most hapless years that we've been doing this show, we often had to give this award to – Corey Fatoni, <laughs> our punter. Yeah. So if yeah. we're giving it to a linebacker and a loss, I'll take it. Yeah. I'd rather give it to a linebacker than a punter. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. We'll give it to him. <laughs> it's not as low as it could be, folks. <laughs> it's not as low as it could be. <laughs> we have another award we give out, and this one's named after another Mizzou person. For all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. Yeah. TJ Moe was once a great slot receiver for the University of Missouri Tigers. Then he took a turn for douchery. Yeah, now full douche. Yeah. And that's he, why we call this award, Brennan. The TJ Moe 
Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. So, uh, who was the douchiest person in college football? Well, there's a lot of candidates, Brennan, but I think someone shined above everyone else tonight, and I think you know who that is. Well, I think we all know who that is. Colin and I had a conversation before this game about how, you know, for the last few weeks, Dan Mullins made a pretty strong case for a Douche of the Week award. Yeah, you know, that like, guy, he's uh, done some douchey things, you know, <laughs> yeah. and he's suffered he's, in the press quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> For his douchetism. Mm-hmm. and his uh, thought, douchitude. Well, you know, can't give it to him this week, but the last couple of weeks, pretty douchey, you know. Yeah, there's a couple of things that happened this week that, you know, knocked him off the douche mountain, but... Dan Mullen proved that he is quite a douchebag, and in 2020, he's making a strong case yeah. for douche of the year. He's a pro. Yeah. He's a consummate pro. You think he's out of the game, mm-hmm. last minute, he rises to the douche... He, his douche cream rises to the top, Brian. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, there's a lot of buzz around his douche of the year credentials coming yeah. up. I mean, and tonight... He lived up to that height. Yeah, I like. I, I see the, the the Florida fan narrative is like, well, this all happened because your player hit our player late. Like, no, the initial animosity began between the two lines because of that. But the fucking giant fight that broke out was because of your fucking douchey coach. Yeah, and uh, being douchey. <laughs> yeah, and then making a fucking horse's ass of himself and the fucking tunnel trying to pump up the crowd. Yeah, Hulk while, Hogan. In the interview, telling him, "Well, I was just trying to get my guys off the field. What a piece of shit. What a douche, Brennan. Douche, <laughs> douche of the week. Yeah, douche of the week." I felt good. Yeah. Well, it needed to be said. It needed to be said, and it has been. It's a bye week coming up, so we are going to try to get you at least one good show in the interim, like we did during the previous bye that came up unexpectedly. But till then, we'll be back and ready for uh, Georgia preparation. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I still think it's not out. Honestly, losing to Florida, I think, well, and seeing what Georgia did against Kentucky, I think, I don't know. Maybe there's a better shot of beating Georgia than there was Florida. Who knows? I mean, maybe uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, like our next opponent is Georgia. You know, you, you wish there was a uh, Vanderbilt or a South Carolina tucked in there somewhere between, but you're not going to get that. But to me, you're, there's still two more wins out there in South Carolina and Vanderbilt that you you have to get. If you don't get them, you're you know you start to teeter on that Barry Odom sort of <laughs> angle, chart. You know, so like it's been nice winning a couple of games, and uh, we looked good doing it. We had a bad loss tonight. Now we'll either go to one of two directions from that, and uh, hopefully it's not the Odom direction. Yeah, that's. I don't right. think it will be. I don't either, and I think it is. You have to go for those two games because the bar was a, or the over under was a three, three games for the yep. season, and so that's a fucking low bar. Yeah, if you got, I don't care if it's a short season yeah, or not. It's a low bar, so you, you got to beat it. Yeah, you got to beat gotta, it. And you got to defy expectations, and if expectations are three, then you have to have at least four wins. So, and it's on the table, and I believe this is a team that can do it, and they're in that going in that direction. Positive way to look at it going well, out. Like on I said, this, one. this is a this is only the fourth game, and even Drinkowitz needs time to figure out what his team is, and maybe he's going to look back at this game. As so many of the callers didn't go, and you have pointed out, Brendan, why were we so conservative? Yeah, why weren't we throwing it? A I think bit? he's a good coach, and I think he'll like. You know what? We've been we've been too conservative, and he'll yeah. he'll just. He seems smart. So, all right. Until we do this again, M I Z Z O U. That was pretty fucking cool.